Hey guys, welcome to a new edition of Flowing with Fina. I am so excited to be back on my podcast. I have a very special guest with me here today. I'd like to give a shout out to him because he is a Cal State Northridge alumni, Go Matadors. And now he is the studio host for Spectrum Sports Network for the Lakers show. And that is Chris McGee, a.k.a. Geeter. What's up, Fina? Matadors got to stick together, you know that. Yes, that is right, Geeter. Um, I just want to say thank you f- by, you know, for being here and being a guest on my show. You know what? I've always uh, appreciated your work ethic when we work together, and uh, I love helping out, and uh, I'm stoked to do it. And, uh, you know, I always have told you you got a bright future, so I'm ready to do it. Thank you so much, Geeter. But, you know, now, you know, focusing on you, starting off with your journey, Geeter, from playing My volleyball. Yeah. <laughs> from, you know, from playing volleyball at CSUN and being in the volleyball world, and now in the basketball world, being a host for Spectrum. How did that happen for you? Please give us some insight on your journey and the path that you took. Oh, man. My path um, was probably not that most would think. Um, it, it, it was a path that is probably rare, I would think, in, uh, in the business that we're in of broadcasting. Um, for me personally, like I actually was a, was, was a hooper first, I played basketball. It was kind of my first love. Uh, I also played football and baseball. I, I didn't really know volleyball until I was in eighth grade, and I, and I played at my, my, my little Catholic school, St. Catharines in the Valley. Got a boys' volleyball team, and we played. We kind of fell in love with it. But I went to high school at, at Crespi, which was a, a mm-hmm. private boys' school in the Valley, and they didn't have volleyball my freshman year. So I played hoops, and I played football, and after that year, I decided hoops was kind of my path, so I quit football. And in that same year, Crespi got high school boys volleyball. So I played hoops, and then I played volleyball. Mm. And, I, and I started loving volleyball, but hoops was always my number one. Okay. But after my senior year, and this is funny, after because I wonder how it would have changed my path, honestly. Okay. My senior year of basketball ended, and I had put so much into it, and I was being recruited, and um, the late coach, Paul Muff, who, who passed away in 1994, he was the coach at Crespi. He was helping me get to some colleges, um, smaller schools, nothing mm-hmm. big time, but my goal was to play college basketball. So I was actually going to quit volleyball. And oh. I walked into the coach's office. His name's Kevin Slatham. He was my coach, my volleyball coach, great guy. And I'll never forget, I, I, I asked him, I, I told him, I said, you know, coach, I don't think I'm going to play my senior year, man. I, I, I'm just tired. Like, I just had given everything I had. I really want to focus on hoops. And he was so great, and he was so understanding. And I always remembered what he told me. He said, why don't you take a week off, Keeter? Don't worry about it. Take a week off. Get rested. And then we'll talk in a week. I literally went home, and I took one day off. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of bored and missing it already. So I went back to him, and I'm like, I'm ready to play. And I went back to volleyball after one day. And what's interesting about that, Fina, is, and I tell you this story because it's kind of what set me on my path. Mm -hmm. I I, I ended up being recruited for volleyball because I had another guy there who played basketball volleyball named Ken Lynch, who was big time. And Kenny was getting recruited by all the colleges for volleyball. Mm -hmm. UCLA, Northridge, Pep, USC. And I started getting recruited as well. And John Price, who was the longtime men's volleyball coach at Northridge, he also was the assistant women's for years, John recruited me and Kenny. I went on a trip. I fell in love with Northridge. Mm -hmm. 
I then had a, uh, a solo uh, day with John, and I'll never forget, I came home and I told my parents, I'm going to Northridge. And they're like, wait, 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 what? <laughs> like, all this time we put in your SAT scores and all this stuff, and getting you ready for college basketball, like, wait, hold on, what's happening? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I'm going to the Ridge, I'm playing for John, man, this guy's my guy, like, let's go. Mm-hmm. So, that's it. I never played basketball again, except like rec leagues. Wow. Um, I went and played volleyball at Northridge, and I started coaching volleyball. I coached basketball too, but I started coaching, and um, it was just interesting. Like, that's the path I got set on. Like, I was I was a volleyball guy, and, and it was interesting. After college, a lot of my friends were playing on the pro tour, and they needed a guy to kind of help MC the tour. And, and then and that's a longer story, but the guys who were emceeing it at the time needed some help and became big mentors of mine, a guy named Jim Mariko, mm-hmm. and, and they ended up helping me. Uh, Sam Mariko, uh, Sam Logano was, a, was an announcer. He's a longtime announcer as well. Like, I just started getting events for the AVP, and I was the MC, and, and mm-hmm. I had no schooling. I had no background, and literally, fast forward, you know, I did that for 15 years, but about three years into the job, early 2000s, I started getting opportunities to do TV mm. and my first gigs were through volleyball and uh, all the relationships that I have through that sport. And, and it led me to where I am today. You know, I, I started working with different people and started covering different sports and Fox sports West was big. It was a big break for me. They started giving me Laker sideline mm-hmm. and UCLA and USC and Dodgers and angels and high school football. And it just kind of led me to the path I'm on. So, you know, it, my journey was was long, but awesome, and, mm-hmm. and it was long in the sense that it took a lot of turns and a lot of uh, you know people to help me out. Mm-hmm. But in a sense, I didn't do what you guys are doing now. I told you this when you and I met before. Like yeah. I didn't I didn't go to school for it. I didn't know how to edit. I didn't write. I didn't produce. I hadn't done on camera stuff. But I knew I had something in me that wanted me to do it. I knew mm-hmm. I had the passion for it. And I actually had the belief that I could do it, mm. which I think is really important. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't afraid of those kind of moments. So for me, I worked on it. I went back to school, uh, 28-year-old, going to Santa Monica City College, taking a broadcasting class. Um, I jumped in late in the game. You know, when I was 34 years old, I looked at my wife and I said, I want to do this. And, I, you know, I left a full-time teaching job, administrative job athletic director job, I stopped mm-hmm. coaching, and I went for it, and uh, wow. that's not easy to do in your mid-30s. No, that's, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, uh, and here I am, dream job. No, for, so, yes, yes. Yeah, it's crazy, right? That is so crazy, wow. And I think the background in, hel- uh, uh, in sports, mm-hmm. you know, playing sports competitively helped me. Um, How's... you know, you're not, you're not, you're just not afraid of, of course. Oh, yeah. are you afraid to have that ball, right? With a minute left, you're point guard, you got that yeah. ball in your hand, right? You're tied. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're up to with 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. You want that ball in your hands because you want to go to the free throw line. Kind yeah. Of thing. I don't know. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, you know. Point guard. I was a point guard in basketball. I was a setter in volleyball. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't be afraid to fail. That's the thing, you know? No, like, no. And, that's... and, uh, I always tell kids when I talk to colleges or high schools or, you know, young adults like you that, you know, want to get into this business, like, listen, like, you got to be ready and you got to be prepared. Like, that's number one, I think. Like, you got to, you got to have the ability to want to do it and you got to be ready to do it. And then when it meets your opportunity, you, you go, right? Mm-hmm. So I always say when, when opportunity meets preparation, ball game. Like, that's when you're up, you know? Yeah. 
Um, you can spend 10 years in the minor leagues. All of a sudden, you get called up to the show, and you're sitting in the dugout. And the manager looks at you for a pinch hit situation. You walk in, and there it is. Preparation of years and years and years of preparation meet opportunity. What are you going to do? That's Yeah, that's so, true. That's kind of how it happened for me in broadcasting. Each little job along the way, mm-hmm. hosting angels, play-by-play high school football, um, hosting UCLA hoops game, doing play-by-play for a college football game or hoops game. Mm-hmm. Like, all of that led to the moment I sat in that studio chair and hosted Lakers for the first time. Like It all led to that. All the years of getting ready for it, wanting mm-hmm. it, and maybe not being maybe not having the resume for all those jobs. Like mm-hmm. there were people way more qualified than me for all those jobs that I got, but I got them. Yeah. Whether it was fortunate, whether it was lucky, whether it was through relationships where someone gave me a chance, mm-hmm. whatever it is, I got the opportunity and I, and I made the most of it. And I had to like say, when I first met you, like your energy was there and just, you know, you just have like this awesome and positive vibe about you, you know, where like people like want to talk to you. So I feel like, you know, you're, you're like an awesome person, Geeter, so like... I that, appreciate that, Fina. It means course. a lot. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love, uh, you know, like I said, you know, you, you were always uh, willing to come and talk and email, and I told you that from day one when we met, like, mm-hmm. listen, people who are going to be your mentors in life or people who are going to help you, they have families, they have jobs, they have worries. Mm-hmm. It's not that they don't want to help, but stay on their ass. Yeah, <laughs> no, you're, no you're right, and I've done that. Definitely. Because they want to help, so you got to be the one to get in front of them and mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm, ch- I'm, I'm reaching out. And uh, so I always appreciate people like that, that, you know, I can just tell, you know, from, you know, there's people that walk through the door that, you know, that you know want to do this. Yeah. And uh, if people really want to do it, you're always going to be able to have that ability to do it. You're always going to have an opportunity, I think. Definitely. I think, I think it happens to good people, right? People that put themselves. Oh, yeah. Aren't afraid to fail, like you said, is a great motto to have. Because listen, like, uh, you know, people forget because, like, we're revisionist history, right? It's mm-hmm. like Jordan never missed a shot. Kobe was the greatest. Yeah. Magic was all time. But guess what? Like, they lost, too. Well, actually, Jordan did in the finals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> games, and, and they lost yeah. moments, and they made mistakes, and they had bad games, mm-hmm. and, you know. Of but course. it's putting yourself out there every time, right? Yeah. You know, and, like, it was, I mean, well, talking about basketball, like, their mindset, you know, they weren't, yeah, they, yeah and their preparation, you know, they took that shot at thought, like, they already took that shot a million times before ma- taking that shot in that game, so, you know, they have that confidence, and that, yeah, that's what, okay, that's, like, a whole different, that's, like, a whole different, yeah, no, no, <laughs> it's true, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, my daughter's only 11, my oldest, Millie, mm-hmm. my other one, Luca's eight, and I, I often, you know, she's getting into volleyball right now, she's getting pretty competitive, competitive, she plays on the beach, plays indoor, it's still, it's still only 11 and 12 years old, right, mm-hmm. but, like, you know, she's in tournaments, and, and 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 I'm always talking to her about like, I love that you love to play because I think that's number one. But like, how you really really get better is putting in the extra time. Yeah, and that's just the truth in anything, yeah. whether it be broadcasting hoops, like, and that's the thing about the greats. Yeah, the Kobe's, the Jordans, the Tom Brady's, yeah, you know, the uh, Kerry Walsh, mm-hmm. you know, and Parker. Like, listen, like. It's not just wake up, roll out of bed, I'm a champion. Yeah. It's it's grind, it's it's sacrifice, um, it's all of that, in my opinion. So yeah. it's the stuff that goes on when the video cameras aren't rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, when your Insta story is not driving your workouts. Yeah. 
You know, and sure. I understand that's a big part of today's athlete, and I'm fine with it. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. But it's also the time you put in when there are no, where there is, there, there's no glory to it. There's nobody mm-hmm. around. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I know exactly what yeah. you're saying. You know, just being an athlete, I, I can definitely relate to all, all that you're, you're saying. See, you know, and, and, and that's why I said my path has a lot to do with playing. Mm-hmm. It really does. Because of your mindset, you know, it kind yeah, of trains yeah, your mindset, it. yeah. You got a guy in Syracuse that never played a sport in his life, but he's brought he's went to broadcasting school, and that's all he cares about. Mm-hmm. And he's going for the same jobs as you, who were a full time athlete. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, but like you have a different mindset. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not putting down the person that didn't play, mm-hmm. but it's like if say you say you were going in sales, being not like yeah. it's the same thing. Like you're going up against a person, a man or a woman, who maybe didn't have that background as mm-hmm. you. You got to draw on your experiences. Definitely, that's what they're doing. They're drawing on all their schooling and their background, and maybe their dad was a businessman or mom. And mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yes. And they have a background that you don't, so you got to draw on what you have. you you got to draw on, and someone told me I couldn't be this good, or people told me I'd never be a college starting guard, or people told me we couldn't win that game. You know what it is? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got to draw on all those experiences. Definitely. So, like, you know, on your journey, was there a point where you hit adversity? And, you know, and, and you just thought to yourself, like, dang, like, this is, this is tough, and... Did you ever think that you wanted to, you know, quit, you know, but if so, how did you overcome that adversity when it hit? You know, I think that's a great question. And I don't think I have an awesome answer. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have the most unbelievable story where I was down and out and mm-hmm. no one believed in me. I've actually been pretty fortunate where people have believed in me. And yes, mm-hmm. I've hit bumps along the road for sure. I would say the biggest doubt or piece of adversity that hit me because of where I was in life and having a two-year-old and one on the way and being pretty new to the business is right around 2009, 2010. And, you know, I'm, I'm yet to be really established. I mean, I'm on my way and I've been doing it nine years mm-hmm. and I've been getting different gigs, but I had walked away from a, a security job where I was making X amount of dollars and, and had benefits and I knew where I was going every day. And then, you know, but I relied a lot on beach volleyball. That mm-hmm. was my bread and butter financially while I picked up every TV gig I could. I always had the pro beach volleyball tour that paid me well. And I knew what my job was and I knew what money I was getting to survive. And, and then, that went away in the middle of the season. It went bankrupt, and it was gone. Oh, wow. And I, I remember having those doubts and having those moments of like, man, I just lost a job where I was getting paid well. Mm-hmm. And now I got to support my family, and I don't have a full-time job anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't have benefits. And I was getting all that through the AVP. And it was a moment of like, okay, what do I do at the end of the day? Like, okay, I have enough to survive. I have enough, you know, I have gigs, but now I got to, and I remember going to, you know, talking to my wife, talking to people in my life. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember that moment where I just said, that's it. And I went and emailed everyone and felt out every situation I had. What mm-hmm. gigs can I get? You know, I went to Fox sports. I want more. How do I get more? Mm-hmm. Call the buddy who worked in the East Coast, you know, college, CBS College Sports. Give me more. 
ESPN, what else can I do? And it was about, you know, flying from Austin on a Wednesday, doing a volleyball game, to doing a women's college basketball game at Wyoming on a, on a Saturday, back home Monday, getting ready for my high school football game on Friday. Like, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And, and I did it. And it, uh, yeah, fortunately, you know, it turned so quickly for me. And within a year, I was getting a full-time job at Fox. Like, But for that next year, lose out on that money the ADP paid me. I, I, I went and did other stuff and announced other tours and did every other, you know. So, like, my, 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 what I'm saying is my adversity didn't last long, but it was mm-hmm. real yeah. for me, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but it also, you know, sometimes when your back's up against the wall or whatever, I hate to use the, you know, the analogy of a fight, but when you're back up against it, you got nothing left to do, but swing, you do it. Mm-hmm. You got nothing left to do, but fight back. Exactly. And, and stand up for yourself. No one's going to, and I, I found out like I have nobody in this business that's going to, no one's going to go out and get me jobs. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah, I'm an agent, but what, you know, they can help, but it's on you. Yeah. So I went to the map. And, and, and got through it, and, and unfortunately, it really worked out. To be honest with you, the amazing thing about that is my adversity led to where I am now. Oh, there's no yeah. way, there's no way I get the Laker job if the ADP ever folds. Mm-hmm. If the ADP doesn't fold for a year or two or however long it took, I'm still there, man, and I'm just like set in my ways and mm-hmm. playing it safe. And you know, this forced me to move away from what I knew and what was comfortable and what was easy. It yeah. forced me to. And in turn, it got me the next level. Mm-hmm. Because I wouldn't have gotten to the next level. Mm-hmm. So sometimes adversity and the roadblocks make you go on a different path. And they yeah. make you choose something else or a different way to do it that leads to what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Uh, you said okay, a, you, sorry, you said a powerful thing. You know, it, the adversity, it... Because you, like you said, you were set and you were already comfortable in your ways, you know. So yeah. you kind of had a shift and to just make a change. Yep. You know, like, it, like yeah, that that was that's and, so true. And Fina, adversity mm-hmm. can come in different ways. Mm-hmm. Adversity could be a coach that just doesn't like you. There could yeah. be your coach could leave for another job. They get the job at North Carolina. They're gone. Mm-hmm. And a new coach comes in and that coach doesn't like you. And, and now you're back. And now all of a sudden you have no role on the team or whatever the case may be. That's adversity. Mm-hmm. Um, adversity could be a, 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 a untimely death even in the family or your mom gets sick or your dad this and then all of a sudden you're off. And yeah. now you've got to fight. you got to raise. you got to help raise your brothers. I mean, there's adversity all kinds of ways. There's a, you get fired. That's adversity, mm-hmm. right? Like there's so many different ways adversity can hit you that changes your path or yeah. makes you go a different way or mm-hmm. makes you fight for something you believe in. Yeah. Because maybe that coach doesn't like you, but you prove him wrong. Yeah. Or maybe you transfer, and you transfer to another school, and you become an All-American there. And mm-hmm. you become the coach there, or you then go to pros, or maybe you meet your future spouse there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, it, adversity is there, but you can change it and make it positive, is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's, it's about, cliche, yeah. It's uh, you know, it's how you respond to that adversity. That's yes. That's it's your response, honestly, because you can easily just let the adversity over, you know, you know, just take over your life and let it yeah. eat you, you know. But how is what is your mindset? How are you going to respond to it? That's the important part of adversity. I know yeah. I always bring it back to sports, but it's interesting how 
why do we all love the Olympics so much? And we mm-hmm. love the Final Four, and we love watching all that stuff because you learn about the story of the person. Mm-hmm. And there's always these stories where you're like, oh my God, that woman, that man, did they came back from that? Like, dude, yeah. I haven't faced nothing like that, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's why we love those human interest stories. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's adversity at its finest. Mm-hmm. And how people, you know, we love to be inspired, right? Yeah. But when it's your own life, you face adversity. There's no one that gets you out of that but you. Yeah, that's true. You have help along the way. You have mentors. And you have people that can. You're your own inspiration when it comes to facing real adversity. Yeah, that's so true. Um, you know, Gator, now, so, Gator, let's transition into the Lakers. You know, yeah. talk more about that. So, you know, the past few years, the Lakers have been in a rebuilding phase. Now, with this year, the Lakers picking up LeBron, you know, people expected things to change, you know, in the positive direction, but the Lakers had a tough season. And now, with the loss of Magic and Luke, what are your thoughts, and how do you think the Lakers will plan to move forward? Yeah, I think it's a great point you bring up. It's tough. I feel a lot of different ways about Mm -hmm. it, so I'll try to put it the best way I can. I really felt like Luke would be there a long time. Mm -hmm. I felt like they were on their path. Uh, They were plus 18 wins after a couple of years. Then you get a chance to get a... You don't... You you go, you immediately get your path. Mm -hmm. That does change expectations. You hit the key word there. And... You know, that roster wasn't, uh, the roster had some flaws, yet it was working. Mm-hmm. And they were starting to got through the patient part, and they were really, and then it got thrown off the tracks. Yeah. And there was that adversity, it was called injuries. Yep. And and now they've decided to go different ways, and like you said, Magic's gone, and Luke's gone, and you know, here's the deal, for me, listen, I, I'm, I'm not Laker management, mm-hmm. so I don't make those kind of decisions. But I look at it two ways. How do I take full advantage of LeBron's small window Mm -hmm. while not completely losing our youth and our rebuild? And it is almost impossible. But for me, it's about making the most of LeBron now by adding certain pieces that can make you a championship contender without selling off everyone. Mm-hmm. You've already lost really good young talent, but you have really, really good young talent there now. So if you could land a free agent that fits, you do it. Mm-hmm. I understand that getting Anthony Davis this year comes by trade, and that means you're giving up a lot. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, at least Anthony Davis is at a age where you're not completely out of it when LeBron does leave. So, so there's things, there's decisions they have to make. Yeah. Um, I don't know which route they go, but I know with the money they have and the guys they have under contract now, they're in a good spot. Yeah, that's true. So it's about building, like, I, I think, Fina, too often everyone wants the quick fix immediately. Like, Instagram gratification, yes. No, yeah, definitely. that's hard. Yeah. Like you're already on your way and you're closer than you think. Mm-hmm, that's true. I just, Denver I, yeah. was ninth last year. Yeah. They went to second by not panicking, by building. Yeah. So, 
the Western Conference is going to look a lot different next year, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's going to look a lot different. And 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 I because I think the Warriors will change. I think yeah. things will change at the top. And Portland's of the world, and Denver, and Sacramento, and you know mm-hmm. uh, uh, teams like that that are rising. And Houston's not dead yet. And you know OKC's still good. So where do you fit amongst those teams? And how do you you know how do you build for the future? It's, yeah. it's tough because you want to build for now as well. People are sick of not making the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So That's it's a hard, true. it's a, it's a different, it's an interesting position there to answer your question. Yeah. It really, I, I, I mean, I wish I knew which way they were going. Yeah. <laughs> we all do. I, I mean, really, I, yeah. I don't, I have opinions. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, but, but they got decisions to make because yeah. there are a few guys out there. If you can land, then, then you're automatically a championship contender. Yeah. But if you don't get those two or three guys that are out there, Mm-hmm. And you know who they are, it's Kawhi, KD, those kind of guys. Yes. Those top-tier guys. Mm-hmm. If you don't get them, what do you do? What do you do? Mm-hmm. And that's what they have to decide. If they don't get one of those top three guys in that other slot, what do you do? Yeah. Do you get a second-tier guy that fits perfectly with LeBron? Do you hold and wait a year for AD and think he's coming? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's, there's big time, in, and there's a plan A, B, C, D, I promise you that. Mm-hmm. I promise you that. Yeah, do, I mean, in your like opinion, do you think, do you think any like there's anyone in specific that'll be a great fit for the head coaching spot? Uh, that's a tough one for me. Yeah. Because by the time this airs, or by the time you know, it, it could already be done. Yeah. Um, I read what you read. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hear some stuff, but like. You know, Monty going to Phoenix. Yeah. I don't think that kid's real. I mean, I know he's real, but I know they interviewed him. But, like, I don't think he's the guy, in my opinion. I, 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 I think it's time. Mm-hmm. I do. You know? And and if it's not, then we go the other way. But I, I feel like it just, it just, it's all heading towards that way. We're yeah. all hearing that. Um, you read that. You open Twitter. That's what it seems. There's a relationship with LeBron, and, and, and listen, that matters. Let's not kid ourselves. Mm-hmm. He's three years remaining on his contract. Like you, you want someone that's going to be able to, you know, that LeBron knows and knows pretty well. Ties won a championship, so for me, it feels like that's the that's the play. Yeah. And I felt that that's going to be the play for a long time. Yeah. So I, I, I guess if you're asking me, I go with that because that's where I've been the whole time with it. Yeah, that's true. So I just know for me, probably what's frustrating for the Lakers themselves and for fans. Like, you just, you're now five coaches in after Phil Jackson. It's just going too quickly. Yeah, no, that's let's, true. Let's, let's let's get someone and let's ride it out for the next few years. That's true. And, you know, I, the Lakers, they have they have a bright future, you know. They yeah. do. Well, it's funny. Everyone wants instant gratification. And everyone yeah. thinks these guys are. Listen, we all saw Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Rozier and these guys fall out during the playoffs last year, so they became instant. They're the best young core ever. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you know what? Tatum's not playing well right now. Yeah. And, and, and people are down on him, but it's like the guy's freaking 21 years old. That's, like, he's young. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. LeBron got hurt, and that changed the Lakers, and people freaked out that mm-hmm. Lonzo and Ingram lost to the Knicks and people like that. Well, guess what? They're, you're going to lose games in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, but they also beat OKC on the road. 
and, and, and stuff like that. So, like, you have to, like, you know, these guys are young, they're inconsistent, but they're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're good players. No, they, and I agree, you know, I just, they, they have a bright future. They have they a bright future. They do. And, you know, yeah, you know, I just, do you have, like, a favorite memory or anything that comes to mind while you've been working with the Lakers? Oh, man, there's so many. There's so many. I'll, I'll take my Fox Sports West memory for sure was okay. covering the team for the 2010 playoffs and getting to go on that plane and stay with the team and knowing a couple of guys really well and getting to hang with them on the road and go to dinners. and um, That was my team. And watching them win a championship and going to Boston for a week with the team. Wow. <clears throat> being in the locker room when they won. It's a big deal. Um, never forget that. I would say there are so many as for this job, like, you know, working next to James. And, yeah. Uh, how how is that? How was how is working yeah, next to James you know, Worthy? Being a part of this organization. Mm-hmm. You know, I, there, there, I don't know if one memory jumps out yet because there's been – yeah, yeah, there does actually. I'm sorry. I would say, uh, well, first of all, to answer your question, it's, it's phenomenal working with those guys. These are, mm-hmm. you know, guys you watched uh, growing up and that you loved and rooted for, and now you're friends with them and That's have awesome. their phone numbers and mm-hmm. their family, right? So yeah. it's kind of, it's surreal uh, at times. Uh, pinch yourself a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Greatest moment um, working for the Lakers now in the last seven years through the organization had to be Kobe's final night. Oh my gosh! Oh, can't beat it. Oh my I mean, yeah! I swear to you, not joking. Winning the championship in 2010 and Kobe's final night, where he dropped 60, and we covered it, felt the same. As weird as that is, like it felt like we won a championship. Yeah, it's the strangest thing. I remember driving home three hours after the game, after we all hugged, hugged Kobe on center court, like. Two hours after the game, he came out, walked the court, and hugged us all, and talked to everybody. Everyone had a moment with them. And uh, driving home, I remember calling my boss and talking to him. And it's you know, it's one in the morning, and we're talking about the night and how crazy that was, mm-hmm. and talking about how that that's how we would cover a championship, like yeah. through our show, pre and post, two hours each on the floor. Wow. standing under the basket with confetti coming down. And all of a sudden we grabbed, it was me, Rob, Ori, and James were hosting. We ran over and grabbed Fish. This is before Fish joined our crew, right? It was Fish, Gary Payton, Rick Fox, wow. Shaq. Wow. Like, that's who we grabbed. That's how we opened the show. Wow. Like, you know, that's, that, don't, that ain't never happened ever again. Mm. So, I'd have to say that. No, that's wow. That sounds like a great memory. Yeah, shaking Jay Z's hand on the floor. Oh, the what? You know Hope. What I'm Hope. Like, <laughs> I remember posting it, and at the time, it had gotten the most views of anything I'd ever posted. It must have gone to some page, you know, people you know, yeah. blow it up. It was so funny. Yeah, like little things like that. Like, hey, there's David Beckham and him like hugging us on set. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Wow. Crazy ass moments. Wow. You know, so. Another question, you know, regarding basketball, do you, do you think, you know, talking about LeBron and Kobe, do you, do you think they're similar or do you think, like, do you, do you have an opinion, like, who's better? I don't know similar. I, yes, I mean, listen, when you're an all-time great, 
Yeah. And you're in their stratosphere. Mm-hmm. You're built a certain way. Mm-hmm. Their attention to detail, very similar. Um, uh, their plan of uh, how to attack a game is different, but similar in terms of like the way they think. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, uh, how their global icons, mm-hmm. very similar. Different in their approach, for sure. Different styles, um, different mannerisms, both so good with the media when they want to be, so engaging, so smart. So there are definitely some similarities. You know, I I try to stay away from, listen to me, MJ's the GOAT because that's what we've said for our whole lives. Mm -hmm. Um, But I always feel like you got to have Kareem in that conversation. You got to have. Kobe in that conversation. You got to have LeBron. You got to Matt. I think they're all greats in their own right. And it's so hard to compare eras. I wish we would have seen Kobe and LeBron go out at the finals. We had our chance mm-hmm. in 09, and uh, Cavs choked to Orlando. It's not our fault. Um, but you know, the whole who's better. It's 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 they're they're just different. They're different you know? players, yeah. And, and and I just for me like. I love the debate and I get it because I feel it drives everything. But for me, that's why I like to do kind of the greatest for me, like, you know, who the Mount Rushmore, you know, know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, what about Will? Like my dad is not alive anymore. He'd tell you Will was insane. Like, it's averaging 50 and 40. It's like, but like, dude, I'm like, but daddy's playing this guy's were six, five. Yeah. But you know, it's not his fault. So it's like, you know, it's like, I think you got to break up eras. That's true. You know, that's true. Different rules. I, I mean, listen, I, I remember looking at this game, a box score. I showed James Worthy a box score. I'm like, it's like 1987 or, or 88 finals with Boston. And it's like a crazy game, like 116 to 112. There was like three, three, five three-pointers shot in that game. Wow. <laughs> By both teams. Wow. Like, it's just different game. Yeah, right? that's true. I mean, KD's in the conversation when he's all said and done. Have we seen anything like him? Mm-hmm. No, that's true. So, the game evolves. Guys get better and stronger mm-hmm. and bigger, but doesn't mean the greatness isn't still there. I mean, Dr. J, right? You that, know, this yeah. one, top ten is hard. Mm-hmm. Where's Tim Duncan? True. Oh, wow, yeah, I, I forgot you know about I mean? Yeah. Five that's titles, true. two MVPs. Mm-hmm. Dang. Y'all, he's top ten, right? Yeah. No, that's but I don't true. put him in the top five. I just don't. Yeah, that's true. Akeem Olajuwon. Mm-hmm. That's another one. Yeah, you know, but you have know, that conversation for days. Yeah, no, that's that's so true because there's just so many players that you know that are that are great yep. in their own way, like different eras. You know, Gitter. But one more question I have for you: What you know? What is one just one main? piece of advice that helped you, you know, through your journey, you know, that you could share with someone like me trying to get to where you're at, you know, and for others, what is one piece of advice that you can give? I don't know if it's just one piece, or this one. might be a little scattered by the way I say it, but I feel like you need to have... Let me put this this way. You you have to want it. You have to have a 
passion for it. You got to have the work ethic for it. Mm-hmm. But above everything, to really make it in this business, because I think what I just told you there is is kind of standard. Everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. For me, it's about the relationships you make. Yeah. Because those relationships along the way, those will be the things that help you. Yeah. It's it's the guy in the room that it happened for me to get this Laker job. There was someone in the room. His name is Jared Stacy. He's now one of the VPs at Spectrum. But when they hired him away from Fox, he was in the room when they were deciding who to have for their studio anchor because the guy they were looking at fell through. And he was the youngest guy in the room. He was one of five people in the room. And he and I were not great friends, but we had worked together plenty of times. He was in the truck when I did a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. When I play-by-play for Iowa State, Idaho State women's volleyball on a Tuesday on ESPNU where no one's watching. Mm-hmm. He, he produced that game, and he produced stuff that I was involved in. He said, Chris McGee can do that job. Wow. And they said, yeah, he, yeah, you're right, he can. They called the Lakers. The Lakers liked me and knew me and said, yes. That's relationships right there. Mm-hmm. That's a guy that I worked with years before that happened to be in the room, that happened to say, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Chris McGee can do that job. And so if I had one piece of advice, while you're coming up in this business and you're learning in this business, build relationships. Those people will be your bosses, your producers, your directors. They'll be those kind of people along the way that can help you. Because I think the work ethic and the dreaming big and not giving up and passion, all that stuff that I believe 100% in, I think you have to have that. Mm -hmm. If you don't, then it's probably not going to work out in this business. I don't mean to to be... to be rude about it or to be harsh about it. Just being real. Yeah, you need to have talent. You need to have passion. You need to have work ethic. You have to have all that. Mm -hmm. But it's the relationships you make along the way that are gonna that are really gonna get gonna get you somewhere. Wow. And my last thing is when preparation and opportunity meet, which I said before on this podcast. You better be ready. Yeah. No, that's be ready because your opportunity's coming in life. Mm -hmm. It's coming in whatever you end up doing. Mm -hmm. Really a chance. You'll get a chance at something, mm-hmm. and, and 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 just just hit it out of the park. Don't be scared of the moment. Don't be afraid to uh, don't be afraid to have fun with yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't be uh, don't let the small stuff you know don't let the small stuff rattle you, man. That's that true. Stuff don't matter. There's so much crap in this world, and Instagram and Twitter, and that person's gonna say you suck. Don't that stuff doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's true. That that, that person was picked last on their kickball team in fifth grade. <laughs> No, that's true. Yeah, you know. Yeah, people are always going to criticize. You know, just kind of. You know who your people are. Exactly, that is so true. Yep. That's what matters. If you're happy with your job, you're you're good. You're good, Fina. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's no, Gator. You're you're so true with everything you've said. No, but again, Gator, I just want. Do you have any anything to say? Or hey, keep keep grinding, keep loving it, keep doing what you're doing. I, you know, I told you this last year. You know when you were, you know when you had a chance to do volleyball and it didn't work out. Um, chances will keep coming, right? Opportunities Definitely. will keep coming. You just keep working. Definitely. You Definitely. know, 
remember all the things you've learned and how you got to this point. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't just you just didn't wake up and, 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 and get to where you are. You you're one of those people that had to work to get there. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. So right. use that. Let that fuel you. Thank you. Don't, Thank you. Don't lose that edge. Don't mm-hmm. lose that competitive edge and that fire. Thank you so much, Gator. Again, just you're welcome. Yeah, we'll do it again. We will definitely. We will do it again. Listen, you're going to blow up one day. I'll be begging you to come. Oh, Oh, man. Thank you so much again, Gator. Please take care. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.